Hey folks, Joey here. Uh, just to let you know, uh, before we get started, uh, David and I recorded um, before we talked to Jim, and we make uh, a few references to us talking to Jim later. But um, so, just to let you know, not to be confused, we decided to put Jim's first because it is more exciting than a regular episode. Um, and not to say that the rest of the episode isn't good, um, but yeah, Jim came in to talk about um, Peace Pizza and uh, his the workers there who are starting to organize, um, and Jim was kind enough to spend some time talking to us, friend of the pod, good friend. We also have um, uh, my old band with Jim, Boilerman. We have a song that we play that is about the owner of that establishment and Jim is totally cool with us playing it um, and then that goes into our regular episode I really hope that you guys enjoy this if it, you're coming to us for the first time thank you I'm Joey and my brother David does the interview with me and Jim and then we have a conversation afterwards um, yeah hope hope you enjoy please uh, if you're checking us out on iTunes give us a five-star rating you know all that shit thank you and enjoy Welcome, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, actually. (laughs) Am I the first one who's been on twice? Yeah. Uh, No, our cousin. We had him on twice? We had him on twice, yeah. Oh. Another Jim, but he goes by Jim. I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember certain things, and then I remember that we've, like, also talked about things multiple times, and I'm like, oh, we've talked about that. Yeah, that's probably my fault, because I don't remember what we talk about usually because I'm usually rambling and I don't really organize my thoughts well. So it's cool. We have a Google doc now. We've got a Google doc now. So we kind of try to keep to some sort of script, but it's mostly us just, uh, it's still, it's still just rambling. Yeah. It's nonsense, but thank you for listening for the people who have, um, I don't think anyone's listening. (laughs) I've listened it's fun it's fun yeah it's fine it's us we're gonna do more specialized sort of episodes because um yeah yeah we'll see we're gonna do a whole episode about nancy pelosi so yeah queen best yeah it's all about our love for nancy pelosi i was actually in a bookstore the other day and we uh i i saw i saw a book on nancy pelosi and i picked it up and i'm like i want to see like what this is about because it was clearly about how nancy pelosi is great queen and, yeah yeah and i i i had to put it down it was it was just awful yeah. um so um i guess like this one this is a cool episode that came to us by chance because uh people at Peace Pizzeria in Chicago are demanding things from their employers. And we've got Jim Guys here, who is um, a part time pizza guy, right? Uh, that is accurate. All right, Jim, how long have you been at Peace Pizzeria? Uh, I have been at Peace Pizzeria for, I guess, like eight or nine years. Um, it's a, it's a fine place to work. Otherwise I wouldn't have stayed for so long. It's very flexible and the money up until pretty recently has been okay for employees that live off of tips, uh, which thankfully I do, but, uh, has never been very good for literally anyone else 
in the restaurant. Um, specifically, How, kitchen typical, workers. Yeah, typical restaurant work. Yep, exactly. But a lot of places in Chicago have been like, kind of trying to. I guess, change their setups and change kind of how they approach that model, like the normal restaurant model. Um, and Peace is definitely not one of those, but there are a lot of places that have started to like, you know, do away with tips and just pay people more, uh, you know, like tip, more tip sharing, more like equal share of the money that comes in uh, for the work that people are doing. But that's kind of what a lot of what people are asking for from peace in a lot of ways. Is it pretty much just the owner who's the really big dick or is it like a... <laughs> yes, primarily. Uh, primarily, okay. So like he's the one that obviously calls all the shots. There's a general manager. Um, he obviously works for the owner. He is the, the go-between between the employees and the owner. So it's one of those weird things where it's like, he's a nice guy. And I, I think he's done some good things. He like, you know, made it easier for certain people to get uh, health insurance like last year. He, he definitely tries, but also he's kind of, I mean, he works for the owner. He doesn't work for us. He doesn't work for the employees. You know what I mean? So yeah. primarily the person who has final say is, is the owner, uh, Bill who has very recently made a lot of very bad decisions, in my opinion, um, which a lot of which led to the, you know, employees getting together and writing a letter and uh, basically demanding certain things to happen. Um, try not to like, you know, phrase it as like a threat or anything, but a lot of morale's very low since pan the pandemic mm -hmm. sort of like, has hit and sustained. It's been hard to keep people like stoked to come into work uh, for obvious reasons, you know? Right. Um, can, you go, can you go into any of those decisions that he made like specifically? So one thing that was very bad uh, was when there were like a lot of Black Lives Matter protests happening in June, there was a lot of like, you know, like pretty wild, like destruction and like violence going on um, all over the city. And some of that one night was happening in Wicker Park where Peace is located. And the city had already implemented a curfew. Uh, everybody like got a text on like the emergency alert systems. Everybody knew it was going on. And he declined to close the restaurant and let everyone come home before the curfew. And a lot of the people working were people of color or had to like go far away uh, when the CTA had stopped running into like neighborhoods that maybe uh, they don't want to be going to after curfew when there are cops out profiling people of color. Uh, so that was a cool did any, Oh, go ahead. Oh, did anyone get like have a run in with the cops that night? Thankfully, no. A lot of people... Uh, like some of the drivers with like delivery drivers gave people rides home because they like didn't feel safe, but it's nobody thankfully got, you know, any run-ins, but there were plenty of right. other people who did. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's lucky. very scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was wild. Really, really dumb. People, 
people called him and were like, hey, you should let these people go. We should close. Like, curfew is enacted. Like, I get that we're essential workers, but there's no reason to, like, risk people to stay open a couple extra hours for whatever, a few hundred extra dollars. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Well, and essential workers while paying your kitchen staff like $12 an hour or whatever. Is that even yeah, how... Um, do they even get that much? Because I was a, I I worked in that kitchen for like three months, and I got paid like, like, nine dollars or something like that. So minimum wage in Chicago is fourteen now. Okay. Uh, but oh yeah, most okay. of them get paid fourteen. Yeah. And most of them get got paid thirteen or thirteen fifty before this. We they got bumped to fourteen like a couple months ago, in in preparation for the minimum wage increase. So, so people who have been there for years and they've had, you know, uh, raises and things like that, they didn't get those raises kind of like tacked on top of the 14. They just went straight up to the 14. Exactly. It wasn't, it's, it's not like the ratio, you know, between their wage and minimum wage was kept. They're just like, Oh, well you would have maybe gotten a, a 50 cent raise but now that 50 cent raise puts you at minimum wage so most people there are people that have been working in the kitchen for 10 years that make 50 cents over minimum wage oh fuck yeah that. that sounds like um my store and but at least they have the uh the banner outside of the like hanging down on the building that says essential doesn't begin to describe how much our team members mean to us so, so sweet. Yeah. That, that pays so yeah, much. It's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> Does that boost your morale going in? Be like, yeah, yes, totally. I am essential. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny and it's like a nice running joke uh, among. I feel like a lot of workers, you know, like that, like in those fields. But it's like it actually sucks. You know, morale is lower than it's ever been. Like in yeah. these kind of jobs, like everywhere I'd imagine, um, I can see it. It's pretty, pretty clear what's going on. Um, yeah, it sucks. I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah, it's just it's it really sucks, and it's kind of hard to do much about it. But I think that it's cool that you guys are, you know, trying. Yeah, I think that a lot of people. I think the pressure that the pandemic has put on everyone has pushed a lot of people to like their breaking points to the point it where is, they're like have to do something, you know? Yeah. And it is a good time because there is leverage there, like on the yeah. side of the workers. So it, it's definitely a good time to do it. And yeah, people are being like pushed to their limits in a lot of ways too. Yeah. So, so Jim, can you kind of go through uh, and just tell us a little bit about the demands that the workers are making? Yeah, I actually have them pulled up. Um, so there's a few. Uh, one is that Peace should undergo a racial and equity audit, um, which is essentially something that uh, will get them like constructive criticism to sort of make Peace a more like equitable institution in a way. I don't know what will come of that or how well it has been received so far. Um, but 
we'll see. Um, they also want, we also want an unbiased outsourced human resources department, which is kind of a double-edged sword because a lot of HR departments do end up being like on the boss's side in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like they work it's for the boss. And they sort of, uh, act it's sort of like a, a buffer between, you know, you and the boss. So, right. But I think the, the thinking behind that was basically a lot of people have felt like when they approach RGM or bill that they just get like, well, you can't really approach bill. And when they approach the GM, they felt like they were just like basically being ignored or not heard at all. And that there was no formal recourse for it. And it, at least if there was some kind of HR department, there would at least be some kind of accountability and like a, a paper trail versus just like constantly saying the same thing and not hearing anything about it. Um, and that also goes into like wage transparency and fair wages, like if wage increases, like if there's an HR department, they would be, you know, part of keeping track of stuff like that, keeping track of, you know, reviews and like, when people should get raises because there's no there are no scheduled performance reviews or like wage increase schedules at all for peace that's lame so so do you have like a is there a way to ask for a raise uh yeah you go to the manager and you say the gm and you say hey i think i deserve a raise here's why and he says uh oh, cool, I'll take it into consideration and does nothing. Or says, here's why we can't do that. Oh, That's geez. by and large what happens. Occasionally someone will get a raise. It's not impossible, but you really have to be someone who is like outgoing and very tenacious and very like on top of it. And it usually takes a long time. And what are the kind of raises that you'll get? Like how much Usually like 50 cents an hour so something like that so it's, it's bullshit anyway yeah. yeah um well some more demands are hazard pay for people that were asked to stay past curfew uh when that happened as well as all people that are like basically anyone working right now because it's a pandemic uh yeah. <laughs> should probably receive some kind of hazard pay or pay increase especially because the restaurant's hours are cut. So like people right. have less hours to make, you know, the same wage. It's like, it's kind of unlivable for a lot of people. Uh, and one of the most important things I feel like uh, is a tra more transparent hiring process and more upward mobility for uh, people of color that work there. Like right now we have one manager of color and zero women women managers uh or yeah. zero non-dude managers i should say um so it's you know it's a very like white dude uh centric environment and it kind of always has been uh and it just kind of you know it's it's rough when you watch people like you know one of the things there's this have you guys are you familiar with the 86 list that instagram account yeah um we'll put a link to that in uh the show description but uh i think that's kind of kind of how i found out about it was someone uh on instagram linking to that in their gotcha. stories 
I don't know. I mean, I think most of that stuff is probably extremely true. Some of it is crazier than, than others on there. Uh, but someone did post one about peace and it's mostly totally on point. And one of the things that they mentioned is we had a driver of like, like he was like a, a Latino driver. He was one of the best drivers we had. Uh, he had like gotten demoted from driving because he had a ticket for speeding that was like years old. Meanwhile, we had, we had a, like multiple white dude drivers who would literally get drunk on, on their driving shift, one of which had a DUI on his record. And it's like, Jeez they were, Christ. they were fine. So it's like, that stuff is just like embedded in, I think a lot of places, but definitely there also. Mm. It, it does feel like that's a big problem in kitchens in general, like in the kitchens that I've worked in that it's, I don't know, it's lots of people of color, Latinos in the kitchen. And then there's, um, yeah, like four white bosses. It's like, yeah. And there's no the real, fuck? and, and, the, and everyone else is better than those bosses at the job. So it's like, what's going on here? Ren, there's no opportunities for them to move out of those positions or to move up. Right. Right. Exactly. That's, that's very similar to how it is there. It's like, you know, most of the front of house staff, uh, at least on the pickup side is white. Uh, a lot of, you know, the servers and like sort of like customers facing staff on the restaurant side is white. So it's like, you know, and the vast majority, the restaurant side's kitchen is like almost exclusively uh, people of color about half of our side is on the pickup side. So it's like same, same structure as a lot of places. So just to let people know, uh, Peace has t- like the two kitchens, right? That are right next to each other. I mean, the, the owner, Bill, owns a Peace in, like Peace out and then Brobagel. Yeah. Brobagel. Brobagel. Um, so like that's kind of part of like the person uh, who who brought that up about eighty on the eighty sixth list was talking about all three of those places all one big connected building right yeah and it's weird because the GM was essentially tasked with like he runs peace the restaurant and peace out the you know takeout side. And also kind of has to oversee Bro Bagel too. Although, honestly, Bro Bagel has been closed this entire time. And I don't know what, I personally don't know what the plan is for them reopening, but I haven't heard anything. So I don't know what's going on there. I can't say, speak to that, but it's definitely a lot of work for one person. Uh, the GM is definitely like, I don't envy his position, but that's not really, you know, yeah. An excuse, I, mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, that all, it's all one it's all one company. Yeah. It's all owned by the same person. Cool. Yeah, uh, it, that is tough though with like the GM cuz I I don't know. I guess I can see where you're coming from, but I guess if it like requires you to be that way, um I don't know if I would do that job then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Our GM actually just resigned. Uh, I think oh, he really? finally had it. Yeah, his last day is August 1st. Oh, so maybe, yeah, maybe he got 
That's what he was thinking. Yeah, he just got fed up, so. Yeah, didn't want to do his bullshit anymore. But yeah, (sighs) he's going to get, probably going to get someone else who's just there to do Bill's bidding and shit like that. Yeah, some scab. I have to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. Cool. So, So, what else is there Uh, for the demands? Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, one thing that has already been done, which is cool, um, is community outreach and dedicated monetary donations to explicitly anti-racist organizations um, in Chicago. That's that's gotten started on, from my understanding. We've also severed ties, including complimentary discounted food, to Chicago Police Department. That just went into effect, which is great. But also, that's one of those things where it's like, the things that have been done are the easy things, right? Like, Bill doesn't have to give discounts. Great. He can make more money. Right. You know? yeah. like, <laughs> I want to see, like, the actual... I want to see, like, the wage increases and the wage transparency and, like, more of that. So, like, the upward mobility. And that obviously all takes longer. It's very easy to do. The severing ties thing is, like, yeah, you just say and it's done. You know, it doesn't take a lot of work or a lot of time or a lot of planning. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful that some of that other stuff will get done also. Um, Are you hopeful for any sort of, like, unionization? Or? I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of, like, there hasn't been a lot of formal talk about it as far as I know. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it would be smart. Uh, but it's also a lot, it's tough because as you know, like it's just exhausting to be working through like all of the stuff that everyone is working through. Yeah. And the, you know, the expectation that people that are already working in like this miserable environment should be taking on more work, like more unpaid work outside of work to like maybe make things better. I think is a tough sell for a lot of people. Um, so we'll see. I would like to see it happen, but I mean, I get, I would get people who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this, but this is kind of where I want to leave it for now. So that's usually how it, how it is. But I do think that like there are time, like times in which like I have to do, you know, take a break or, um, you know, a lot of people have to take breaks, but I get, I mean, you don't need, that's why it's good to have like a lot of people involved in trying to get that to happen. So someone can pick up the slack or, I mean, or sometimes things are just not moving whatsoever. Cause it is like a really hard thing to do, but yeah, it's, it's worth it. It would, I definitely agree. <laughs> it would be, it would be cool. I would be, obviously very for that Mm. yeah Um, so so looking looking ahead at the list um i i see a few things that kind of like have really that really stuck out to me about this and one was like kind of like the revisiting of like tip pooling um pulling all of the tips and then uh giving some of those tips to uh kitchen members have um are all employees kind of on board with that like the tipped employees because that takes that cuts into their uh wages as well right yeah so that's i mean that part definitely is a sticking point with some people i think 
everyone is on board for the most part um, with like a tip pooling system. Like since we came back, we closed down for a few weeks after like in, I want to say April um, and came back in May. And when we came back in May, front of house tips specifically, like for pickup were insane, like $400, $500 a shift sometimes. And, you know, watching one or two people walk with that amount of money, I think people were like, hey, this is extremely unfair. We're working in the kitchen and making $14, $13 an hour at the time. And you're leaving with, you're making literally $100 an hour. Like something has to happen. So what happened was they started splitting, um, they started splitting tips at the kitchen, which I've been saying that we should do for literally almost as long as I've been working there. Uh, because I think that the kitchen does just as much work as people answering phones and giving the food out. Like there's no, you're all, yeah, you're, you're all relying on each other and doesn't work without everyone. So yeah. And it's better. It's better for everyone. Yeah. And if the better culture, better environment for everyone. And there's more investment from everyone to do a good job. If everybody is seeing some of that money at the end of the night, you know, versus like, you know, if a server is like hassling the kitchen to get food out faster, the kitchen doesn't care because they don't care about that tip because why would they care about that tip? They're making, they're making their miserable minimum wage and they're just getting yelled at. Getting yelled at by someone making like 200 bucks a night, 300 bucks a night while they're making like, yeah, like 80 bucks or something like that. Exactly. So I definitely think it's, it's better. Uh, I definitely think it's better for culture. I definitely think it's better for all the employees, but I do think there's a little, there's when, whenever something like that happens to start with, there's always some degree of resentment because some of your money is going away. And I, I, I don't know, I can't speak for the servers, but um, I'm sure there's a little bit of that, but I think where, where people are mad, they're not mad at like the fact that their empo- their fellow employees are getting paid more money or getting cut in on tips. They're mad that they have to give away some of their income and there's like pieces mandated that you need to give away X amount of your income now, but they're still not going to give you more money per hour. You know what I mean? Like there's right. nothing that's making up for that loss when there should be, you know, yeah, definitely. Right. they it should just get paid more. Like it shouldn't exactly. be, it shouldn't be the like employees making that up. Should like, be the boss giving more money. Should, right. Uh, yeah. It's pretty obvious. Exactly. Um, it seems pretty straightforward. Speaking of the boss giving more money. Um, so apparently there was a GoFundMe that Bill set up himself, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so Bill, the owner of Peace, set up a GoFundMe to collect money or collect donations to support uh, staff during the beginning of like in the beginning of the pandemic, and so he collected eleven thousand eight hundred sixty-four dollars. Jim, what has happened oh, with that money? Yeah. Uh, as of a week ago, nothing had happened with it. Uh, we did get a letter yesterday or the day before that said it is finally being distributed um, to any staff members that were on payroll at the time uh, that it was started. So some some people were laid off during that time, um, though not very many. 
most people were still on the payroll. So everybody's getting something like $125 on their next paycheck. Um, something like that. Yeah. It's, it feels like people have been asking about it for literally months. Uh, there had been no donations to it for over a month by the time like this letter came out. Um, and just nothing was being done with it. And anytime someone asked, they were told like, well, it's for the employees, but they don't know what they're doing with it yet. So I think they, what they did was panicked and thought we can check this off the list. We're just going to do this very like broad distribution of it, which is fine. It, it, you know, 125 bucks yeah. is 125 bucks for people that have their hours cut and make not a lot of money. It's a significant amount, you know? So that ha that will theoretically be distributed soon after a tremendous amount of pressure was put right. on, on them to do that. Right. Publicly. Like multiple months after it started. Right. Right. And only after not pressure from employees, pressure from people on Instagram right. or people yeah. on Facebook or whatever. It had nothing to do with which like whatever, you know, you want to say about the 86 list. Like, I don't think that, you know, peace should close. I don't want peace to close. I don't want people to boycott peace. But the only way that yeah. any of this stuff would have happened is if it got a lot of social media attention. Like that was the only thing that, that made any, any change happen. So I'm glad that it got posted, even if, you know, I think it might be calling for a thing I don't want. Because if people boycott peace, I don't have a job. Or I will make no, you know, if people don't order, my tip-based job will be even worse than it is now. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good course of action. <laughs> right. Um, and so you had a, you had a meeting, have you had a meeting with Bill? Or he's I meeting, haven't. He's meeting with a lot of people, right? Yeah, he set up um, weekly meetings a couple of days a week um, for a maximum of eight people at a time for an hour or so. Uh, I have not been able to make it to one yet. I am planning on making it to one. Um, I've just had a lot of stuff going on uh, that has like not allowed me to go, including being working during the time that they're happening. <laughs> yeah. um, but supposedly they, they seem uh, fairly positive, though I don't think people have got too much concrete reassurance of a lot of this stuff other than the stuff that I already mentioned, like the CPD thing um, and the, the GoFundMe thing. So we'll see how they keep going. I know a lot of people from all the different sections of the restaurant have been turning out and speaking up about stuff. So hopefully it can make some change. I'm hoping that it's not just a, a tool to be like, see, you got to tell me what you think. And now we go back to normal. Yes. We're just maybe, keeping the dialogue open. Yeah. Maybe that's what will happen. Like when everything goes back to normal, when we're not in the pandemic, be like, you know what? That was a, that was a good experiment, but we're going to go back to how it was, you know? I mean, we'll see. That's the problem is like once, once the spotlight's off, it's very easy for people like that to just be like, Hey, see what we did. Well, now that people aren't watching, it will be very easy to just backslide. And I do think like one of the things that was mentioned that's supposedly getting put into place is like an employee task force, which is like, oh, we're going to pick ahead of 
each, you know, <laughs> each department and like they can be in constant communication with Bill about this stuff and it'll be like, they'll be paid for their time. But that's kind of already what managers were and that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah, also, never, you're talking about a thing that already exists. Right, and that didn't have any effect. You just ignored it. It's very easy to ignore employees. It's much harder to ignore, like, upset customers. Right. Yeah, normally when they talk about it, anyone talks about a task force, it's usually uh, pretty much meaningless jargon. Absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, Jim, the question that people are really going to want to hear the answer to, how is Dave Grohl as a tipper? Bad. He, <laughs> last time he came in, really? he did not tip. I want it on the record. What a fucking uh, dick. Doesn't he last get free pizzas? In, yeah, he didn't pay for anything. He didn't leave a tip. What a fucking wow. piece of shit. Canceled. Bad. Bad show. Yo, cancel yeah. that motherfucker. Yeah, we're canceling Dave Grohl. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't it. he hasn't written a good song in fucking, I don't know, like twenty years. Oh, so. A long time. Maybe maybe That's like true. eighteen years. Okay. Maybe some of those. I I don't know. I have to revisit. But uh, actually now I, I don't I never have liked to revisit. Food Fighters. I like the I like the early Foo Fighters stuff, but I mean who cares? He he's a bad tipper. Yeah, he's him. a bad tipper. So That's what I'm saying. 20 years ago was 2000. I don't know what record came out then, but it can't. I feel like that was already past the prime. Yeah. I mean, he's. That's fucked up. Yeah. Any, know, any, any, any other famous people come in that are bad tippers that get free food? Uh, the only other famous person people that I've interacted with were one, Rick Nielsen, who was a delight and tipped me in $2 bills like a oh. delightful grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. great. And yeah, uh, he, he's, he, he's an investor, right? Yeah. Okay. He seemed very nice. Uh, and the other people, I delivered to The Who once, and they did stiff me, but they did give me a pick, a guitar pick with The Who on it. So that was cool. I delivered them <laughs> at the United Center. Uh, so that was a very bad experience also. Oh, but that was... So Jesus you, Christ. That was the... <laughs> so you didn't get to interact with The Who. You got to interact no, with No, it was the like roadies. their tour manager right. or like okay. their like whatever, whatever staff member... Uh, is in charge of ordering pizza, ordering free pizza. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. Well, we're canceling them too. Yeah. I support it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say, Jim? Um, no, I don't think cool. so. We will, cool. we will, we will, oh, actually, the most important thing is uh, on this episode, we're going to play the Boilerman song that you wrote about the owner. Oh, hell yeah. So it's good. Uh, it's a good song. It's the, it's the meanest song I've ever written. Yeah. So Probably. Should it, should I post the lyrics? Is that cool? Yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> They're online. They're online. But do people know that it's about Bill? I mean, I think I've said it at shows, but I don't remember. Yeah. Well, when we used to play shows with all bands, all the bands, <laughs> had members, uh, people who worked at Peace. Yeah. So. Exactly. So yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, it's uh, good, good to hear. Um, so everyone, please check out uh, uh, the 86 list on uh, Instagram. There is a um, document with all of the um, demands that the workers of peace are making. Uh, please go ahead and 
uh, sign it. Um, it's like a Google form. So we'll post that as well. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's good to, good to talk to you, Jim. Good to see you. You guys the beard, too. The beard's yeah. coming in really well. I like it. Thank you. I just trimmed it so it doesn't look so bad. <laughs> well, you did you did a great job. You're a true artist when it comes Thanks. to sculpting your 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 beard. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right, cool. And the backdrop rules. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That Zoom yeah. backdrop, man, it's great. All right, you gotta have uh, one. All right, sorry that we don't have it. Yeah, tip your workers. Yeah, yeah. Tip. Dave Grohl's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Dave Girl. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, all right. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye. put tape over it because you know anyone can hack your camera so whenever i'm not with you i usually when i use my laptop i put tape over it yeah it's like that because uh... that's what edward snowden did so that's what i was ever since i saw citizen four. Oh yeah you put it put it over i mean like that's the the um there's a black mirror episode about that too really? yeah so i'm rec- i'm recording now yeah no i mean you don't if you've seen Citizen Four, which everybody should see Citizen Four, you know that literally anybody could hack your your webcam. Um, and Citizen Four, that was like the movie with you know released by it pretty much started the Intercept. It was like you know Greenwald and uh, Lauren Petraeus and Edward Snowden. Yeah.
which talks about the NSA shit. Um, yeah, so still relevant. Uh-huh. Yeah, still relevant. Still relevant to members of Congress that have lots of power that could have done something about it but didn't. Uh, Adam Smith on the Armed Services Committee. We'll talk about that later. Right. Let's get. Uh, let's make sure that we're all uh, together. So let's clap. So ready? One, two, three. I didn't hear your clap at all. I don't know why. Did it register? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, well. Yeah, I mean, I did it like at the same time as you, so maybe that's why. Maybe. We'll figure it out. All right. Cool. So, episode twelve, right? So later in the episode, we're going to be joined by Jim Guys, um, friend of the pod. If you guys were uh, listening to um, the Anti-Capitalist Radio episode one, Jim was on. Um, and Jim works at Peace Pizzeria in uh, Wicker Park in Chicago. And they uh, have a list of demands for their employer. And so we're going to have Jim on to talk about that. Um, but before that, let's uh, let's uh, just get started talking about some politics. But before that, let's talk about what's going on in your life. What's new? You know, just, uh, I don't know. I got nothing right now. <laughs> um, nothing interesting going on. Nothing interesting. Or worth talking about. Or the, I guess that I uh, would like to talk about. How about you? What's going on with I feel like I haven't seen the sun in like a month. It's like, it's just. Oh Jesus! It's, it's so. It's rainy season here, and it's fine. I think it's finally coming to an end, but like for the last month, like you know, when you look on the weather, uh, like the weather apps and stuff like that, you don't see the sun on there for like you know like ten, fifteen days ahead, of it. and it's really depressing. Um, I was supposed to go. I'm supposed to go camping this weekend, but we're just not gonna go because it's supposed to rain all weekend. And it's not worth it. So that sucks. Um, but other than that, shit's all. Yeah. Right. Well, it's been the opposite here. It's been like we're like experiencing like a heat wave, like one of the hardest, hard, hottest Julys ever. You know, in like 90 degree days with like 100 over 100 heat index and like you could probably see like i have more color than like i look like a redneck <laughs> like i have like insane uh farmer's like, tan yeah like crazy farmer's tan because yeah. at work sometimes i just work outside counting people because like we need someone to count you know keep track of who's all in the store and that was job was given to my department so i'll go out there every once in a while well, that's just to it, count people. I mean, that's good that you're you get to be outside though, right? I mean, I guess not when it's super super hot. Yeah, not when it's super hot. Like, but for a little bit, it's not too bad. I mean, I usually just listen to a podcast and kind of count people going in and out, and I I stay like far enough away so people can't hear me listening to, you know, True and On or some shit. Nice. Which is usually what I'm listening to now these days. Yeah, um, we're about to get we're about to get into uh, the hot, hot, humid summer um, because I did see probably starting like early next week. Uh, it's the rainy season is going to be over, and it's just going to be fucking like 
incredibly hot. Like Augusts in Tokyo are just just awful. Like way worse than uh, anything in Chicago. That yeah, I could see that smooth that uh, humidity that everyone talks about in Chicago. I could see it just being way worse. It's way worse. It's way more yeah. humid here. It sucks. Um, I think it's it's funny when people talk about like Arizona, like. Vegas and how hot it is there and how they'll always like downplay it because it's like oh it's dry you know um I don't know if you remember but when we were in Vegas it was like 115 every day and it was like the hottest temp it was like the hottest I've ever felt I feel like I don't think anything in Chicago has like come close to that do you remember when we had to walk back from that vegan donut place yeah yeah of course (laughs) yeah um yeah, that was that was that was so hot. Um, no, no, fuck that. Like, I mean, fuck the heat. I like, I don't, I I don't want to live anywhere near a goddamn desert. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely couldn't couldn't do that. But um, Vegas would be cool just to stay in for a little bit to play like a ton of poker, but it'd get old really fast. Yeah, no, but then you you have to live in Vegas, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I like how this uh podcast just became talking about the weather, which is which is good, you know. That's how every good conversation starts just, you know, talking about the weather. With So like I feel like I do with boring people. We just talk about the weather. And it's like I I don't know what else to talk to you about. Yeah, well, it's it's a boring podcast, so <laughs> boring podcast oh. for boring people. All right, that's uh, that's the name of this episode, I guess. Um, all right, so let's g- let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, the Lincoln Project. Let's do it. Okay, so the Lincoln Project is basically comprised of like ex Bush era Bush era neocon- neocons, uh, the Republicans against Trump, right? Mostly. Um, or conservative Democrats, which is really, there's not, not much of a difference there. Um, they're bringing in about 10 million a month from, mostly from, to run ads just against Trump and call him like a, you know, his tiny hands or, you know, say he's Putin's girlfriend or he's something like that. He's a cheeto. Yeah. Um, while doing that, um, and having ads where, you know, Reagan's giving a speech um and you know libs are you know tripping over themselves for it the same libs that were criticizing bernie for highlighting joe rogan's endorsement are highlighting you know reagan quotes and bush era neocons that are supporting biden and say think that's just fine you know like joe rogan apparently is a worse person than war criminals and um just some of the worst people that uh, that have been in U.S. politics. Yeah, I mean, James Carville praised the group for being more efficient and aggressive than uh, the Democratic PACs. As Bernie said, one of his best moments was when he called out James Carville for being a hack, because he totally hack, is. He's yeah. a piece of shit. Um, just like most people on CNN, MSNBC. Yeah. They're all just hacks. But Rachel I, Maddow is the most dangerous one, probably. Oh yeah, I mean, I wonder what she's talking about now. I mean, I, uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care. I mean, I'm sure it's Russia. That's what it's been for the last like four or five years. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, the Lincoln Project has been, uh, you know, been praised by a ton of people. Meanwhile, it's like Kellyanne Conway's husband, a bunch of ex Tea Party people. Ugh. Um, they're all yeah, it's Tea Party people. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's like one of the most conservative. It's not just like centrist, moderate, whatever that means in the Republican Party. It's like far right neocons uh, combined with uh, like Tea Party era people, and it's um, I mean mostly to criticize Trump from the right on foreign policy, and they want him to be more hawkish. And they want to compare him to Castro, which is beyond stupid. Um, yeah. Or compare him to Maduro or Chavez, like that. That ad is ridiculous. And or compare or criticize him for not being hawkish enough on China, and allowing China to grow. Or whatever. Same with Russia. Uh, so they basically want to elevate, escalate. Uh, relations with all of those countries um, which could be like catastrophic obviously especially when you're talking about China and Russia and they're not they're not um, you know like they're not threats at all especially Russia Russia spends about like one fifth less than one fifteenth than we do on defense we have them surrounded from like every country Um, you know one decent thing Trump was trying to do, but was blocked by Republican, uh, Republicans and Democrats, like bipartisan, when you know, whenever there's a bipartisan effort, you know it's usually pretty bad, um, especially on foreign policy, where the, like they prevented him from taking 10,000 troops out of Germany even though there's 35,000 troops, he didn't even want to take all of them out. He wanted to take 10,000 out. And, uh, you know, they, they couldn't allow that because of Russia. Russia's, you know, such a threat, and we don't know what they'll do if they take 10,000 troops out of Germany. Even though they have troops, you know, in other countries surrounding Russia. So, yeah, it's really, really awful shit. The one other decent thing Trump was trying to do um, I mean, pretty significant, um, not for whatever. It doesn't matter what the reasons are. He wanted to pull out of Afghanistan, um, which, you know, um, a lot of far left or more populist left and more populist right agree on. But the Dem establishment and the Republican establishment, which is still the majority uh, in both parties, uh, wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, and it's mostly being led by like Liz Cheney, and there's very, very few on the opposite side that are, were trying to speak out against it, uh, like Ro Khanna, Tulsi Gabbard, and then Matt Gates, which I mean everyone, yeah. Matt Gates is a piece of shit, but if you can work with him here, there's no reason not to. Um, Ro Khanna and him, you know, worked on a bill together to prevent or. Um, you know, to allow that to happen, but they're in the extreme minority. Uh, same with Tulsi. So, yeah, it sucks. It was basically being like a Bush-era takeover of the Democratic Party in certain areas, especially on foreign policy. 
and also Ann Coulter endorsed Amy McGrath enthusiastically. Yeah, yeah. So it, it I mean, the, it is just them taking over in the way that Bernie had hoped to. They see that there's like a. That's how they can win. Is what what a lot of people have been talking about. Um, is just having, uh, like getting those white suburban voters that used to vote Republican. Now they're just changing them all to Democrats and then they don't have to kind of pander to the evangelicals anymore. So that's pretty much what the Democratic Party is going to be. It's basically like the Bush era Republican Party. It's just like 20 years before. Um, so it's, it's, it's really, really fucking depressing um, thinking about that. And yeah, like, so Jennifer Rubin, uh, is in support of like the Lincoln project. And so you just know that this shit is, this shit's bad when all of these fucking like, uh, yeah, never like, Trump Republicans, uh, and like they're, they're never Trump because not because of the, the goals, it's because of the process. And so like, yeah, and they the want aesthetic. They, well, yeah, the aesthetic and they want the process to go through the, the proper channels, which means fucking nothing yeah they're fucking nerds i mean they never trump republicans are easily like the most disingenuous um obnoxious just dumb pieces of shit yeah pieces of shit like there's no reason why they would be when you look at their actual like worldview and like belief system there's no reason why they should be against trump they're just really fucking stupid i mean they and they I guess the only reason is like his occasional moments where he's like, you know, I will fucking get out of Afghanistan and you know, the George Bush when he was, you know, hard on George Bush, which he was. Um But he's basically, you know, while that was going on, he still was trying to do other awful shit foreign policy wise. Like Tulsi was trying to introduce a bill to prevent um, Trump from continuing to support Saudi Arabia in Yemen and the Democratic and and this is another time when the Democratic establishment was on Trump's side instead of their own Tulsi Gabbard and yeah so there's they're they're always on the pro war side, regardless of of who's on what side. It's not just them resisting Trump. It's uh, just making sure that we're in forever. Forever war, including in Yemen, where nobody, most Americans probably don't even know like what's going on there. Um, but we've been supporting and like refueling and like you know transferring arms over to them. Uh, for years now, and it's the worst uh, humanitarian crisis that's going on right now. Yeah, and... And it's our, you know, we take a lot of responsibility for that, and, you know, most Americans, if they knew about it, or knew more about it, because the be. media never covers it, are most... I mean, most Americans, on Democrat or Republican, are drastically in favor of cutting back our military and cutting back our engagement in other countries especially like regime change but um you know congress is just totally in a different world and doesn't doesn't even pay attention to that they just pay attention to who's donating to their campaign um and 
especially leadership in both parties is by McConnell and by Pelosi is just it's it's fucking just terrible. They don't they same don't give goals, a shit about though. their constituents. Yeah, they have the same pretty much the same goals. And they work together more often than they than they don't than they make it seem. They uh they mo- they play together they play well together most of the time. It's all a show when they you know, disagree on something. It's never actually anything substantive. Like Nancy has been very supportive of Trump's presidency overall. Right. There, there is some good news on kind of like the foreign policy front, though, because uh, Chuck Schumer um, has kind of uh, signed on to uh, Sanders, Bernie Sanders' proposal to slash the Pentagon budget by 10%. And he urged other Senate, <laughs> Senate Democrats to follow suit. But, um, again, it is Chuck Schumer, so I don't actually buy it. I don't think that it has and any chance of passing. It's only for show. Well, uh, not to mention it's 10% either. It's, right. it's uh, I mean, it's a start. But that wouldn't even make up for the, the budget increases that's happened over the last, like, year or two years or since trump's been in, in office right yeah it'd be much more it'd be uh they'd have to go like 20 percent at least yeah i, I don't think. know and then barbara lee proposed 350 billion dollar cut um which obviously is really far out but like great uh but i i'm assuming they're not even going to talk about that but it, it maybe maybe more people could get on board the 10 percent but i i don't see that happening with like the trajectory trajectory of like the democratic party right now right and the groups like republicans that they're trying to get maybe after biden wins that maybe i don't know if like that would be okay for them i i just don't see it happening though because biden is also a hawk right no i don't think biden i mean like biden recently said too that he would veto um medicare for all yeah, um, should, I, I mean, Joe Biden should kill himself probably like in the next few weeks. Uh, he should make Bernie his VP and sign an affidavit that, you know, that he wants Bernie to be VP or someone should, you know, write that up and have him sign it. Make it legally all binding, confused. I guess. Yeah, make it legally binding. <laughs> have it, he'll be all confused. Just tell him it's for, um, you know... I to, don't know. <laughs> to kill poor kids somewhere. Like, I don't know. Like, some some hawkish thing. No, tell him it's for ice cream. It's, yeah. you know, because he loves ice cream so much. It's for corn pop. He's yeah. give, He wants to... Dude, that'd be fucking sick if corn pop became his VP. Yeah. That'd be tight. Um, yeah, I mean, he seemed... I mean, I, I guess it's just that they've been keeping Biden uh, hopped up on enough drugs to make it seem like he's lucid enough and keeping him out of the public so that when he does speak uh he doesn't sound like he's you know his brain's melting um i mean yeah yeah. i don't i it does it does i mean just like that last debate like they've been probably pumping him with drugs whenever he has to make you know an appearance anywhere um and they've definitely been good at keeping him out of the spotlight and just letting trump fall which is like all they really need to do because he is falling fast like there's not i know a lot of people are already writing it off 
you know, that Biden's basically definitely going to win, which, I mean, I think is, is yeah. pretty... It makes sense, though, because it does seem that way, and I, I do kind of think that's it's inevitable. But um, you never know. Trump's, like, very um, sporadic, and maybe he'll do something random that goes against the Republican establishment. Maybe he'll fucking extend unemployment benefits or maybe he'll do some sort of UBI type thing. I don't see it happening, but um, maybe he understands what plays better than Joe Biden does. He has more political instincts than Joe Biden does. Maybe maybe he will. Maybe he will if, it, if he knows it'll help him, you know, cement more power and stay in office. Right. No, November's still kind of, still far far away away. Um, right. So, like, I think, yeah, there could be things where Joe Biden just fucks everything up. Trump does something that's good. The economy, like, starts to starts to climb back up. I don't actually see it happening, but there are no, things No, not mainly because of corona. Like, there's there's nothing he can do there. Um, I mean, I mean, other than, yeah, provide a bailout to working class people instead of, you know, billionaires and corporations... Right, but that goes um, that goes so against what he uh, he believes. But he would do. I think he would do anything to kind of get get reelected. Yeah, I think oh. he'd be more likely to do it than any other Republican. Um, speaking of people that got the loans, Kanye West, who got a PPP loan for the CARES Act, he just dropped his uh, bid. Did you see that? Oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, oh, he no. dropped his bid because he's like, no Yeezy, because he missed the he missed the he missed the paperwork, the filing deadlines. deadline. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, and that guy, he's worth one point three billion now, and he got I don't know how much he got from the, what he got coronavirus stimulus money, like I assume millions. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people got it. The Catholic Church got one point four billion. They don't pay any taxes. How much they're, did Nancy Pelosi's... And they are pedophilia. Um, Nancy oh, Pelosi's this... husband got... Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Catholic Church, I mean, that still never really went away. I wonder if, you know, True and Honor, someone will do, like, more deeper dives on what's going on with the Catholic Church and their... Pedophilia. You know, yeah, and their pedophilia crackdown if they've stopped moving pastors around that were caught um you know like they found six percent of priests worldwide were molesting children like that's six percent insane six percent and i or maybe just in the u.s i think it was like worldwide i mean regardless i mean it's it was happening worldwide and the vatican knew about it like everyone knows that it went all the way up to the top and they knew about it, and they found ways to, you know, prevent... Uh, prosecution, you know, yeah. Yeah, prevent prosecution or prevent more people from finding out about it until, like, you know, reporters and journalists finally, like, were like, now we got to, like, investigate this because it's happening so much. And, yeah, I just don't understand how so many like well-intentioned people still go to the catholic church yet alone um gives them money yeah <laughs> like it's uh i don't know how to how to discuss that with P- 
people, family. people like, can I, I, could, I guess I could see anything. going, but you shouldn't be giving any money. You know, like I understand like the spirituality need, but you definitely shouldn't be giving any money to them. I mean, there's no reason to go to church at all. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, there's well, God yeah, doesn't exist, but you, you know, I mean, if I guess if people need it for them, their lives, but I, I yeah, do, do I, mom and dad I, still go? I'm, yeah, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time, but. Yeah, I would say they go probably, like, two or three times a month. But, um, I mean, I've become less, like, uh, I'm, cause I don't think of, like, religion as, like, the problem. It's more of, like, the corruption and... Power. Whatever. That's, that's power. Time for yeah, another, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a discussion for another time. But I, I, I wouldn't necessarily, like, think, like, a hardline stance on religion is, like, useful anymore in like a working class kind of movement yeah i mean i don't know if i need to like talk shit on religion because um yeah it's it's just not as relevant anymore and like back to what we were talking about too like the evangelical vote is becoming less um less of a less of a a dominating force in political i mean i guess were they ever dominating i don't know but like they no they um, were i mean they're like 15 they still kind of are i mean but yeah they're fading but they're they still fa- like 15 percent of the electorate or something like that they're like a huge amount maybe okay. that's 15 percent of the republican party but um they they're still because they actually all vote that's the thing it's not just that there's so many of them but they like very religiously vote right yeah that, so i guess that, they're like a that's why the republican party taps into like evangelical base so much because they know they're gonna fucking come out to vote um but yeah but, wait, wait, but yeah wait, evangelicals wait. are even are just the dumbest people um yeah, yeah we'll talk about that another time yeah but i mean like back to i mean i guess like the lincoln project thing is like this is like what this is what most Republicans want. They don't want to have to deal. They don't actually give a shit about any of the, the, uh, like there's very few, I feel like Republicans that actually care about those socially conservative values, like, uh, anti-abortion. I like, yeah, they use it as a wedge. That's kind of, I mean, they use it as a wedge the same way that, uh, Democrats use, you know, LGBT or like women's rights as a wedge as well. They don't like actually care about it enough to like fight for it all the time. Um, even if they, you know, do make, I mean, most of them are pushed to that point. Like Obama didn't support gay marriage until what twenty fifteen. Right. I mean, yeah. mo- most of them are. They have constant pressure. Um, you know, they're less, they're more friendly than the Republicans on like social issues to, but most of them don't really give a shit. They're just trying to get your vote. And what they really do care about is, you know, the bipartisan shit they do. Yeah. That help, you know, that helps health, health insurance or helps, um, you know, their military contractors. Yeah, no, I mean like, but like, I think that this, like if the uh, Republicans, Bush era Republicans actually take over the Democratic Party, it's like kind of like best thing for them, right? Be like, all right, well, we act, don't have to pretend like we're doing all this shit that we uh, pretended to care about 
when we were, you know, Republicans. Now we can just be like, all right, we are the democratic machine. We uh, only care about war. We'll maybe give people fucking, yeah, like, oh, yeah, we won't, uh, like, well, yeah, you guys can have abortions. You can have same-sex marriage. Maybe we'll be a little bit more liberal with, like, uh, weed policy and shit like that. But um, I think that's easier for them than to be, like, all, like, pretending to give a shit about abortion and things like that. Because then they can just be like, all right, we're actually kind of cool with people, but we're still going to continue to bomb the shit out of poor, helpless countries. Yeah, like, we'll stand up against racism while we bomb, you know, black and brown people in the Middle East. Um, and show no... I mean, and that's 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 the problem with, like, the American electorate, too. That's the problem with, like, the media, like, not letting people know what's going on. But, I mean, I feel like a lot of people do know that we, we've been involved in these wars for so long. Afghanistan's the longest war in US history and they just don't even like when they talk about politics they don't even seem don't even mention you know what's going on in Venezuela what's going on in Iran what's going on in Afghanistan um they only give a shit about what's happening here which is a really like selfish way of looking at the the world but I do think that you know in a lot of ways people are conditioned that way and it's become so tribal that it's more of like a personality context almost every time. And they don't think that, you know, they have any, the president doesn't have enough power to do anything on his own. So it doesn't, you know, really matter. But I don't know, I just, hopefully people will start paying more attention to uh, foreign policy because during during the during 2020 i mean a lot of liberals or like um people thought by far the worst democrat that was running was tulsi gabbard and i could could not like disagree more because just because of her foreign policy stances and her being like the most anti-war candidate up there um, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, it was Bernie, too. Right. Um, but it was definitely those two at the top. And that's important. Like, that's really important. And um, I don't really give a shit how she grew up. In fact, I think that kind of... Um, that, that means she deserves some slack if she grew up in such a hardcore, like a conservative, cult, like, yeah. anti-gay cult. Like, that's not her fault. No. Um, and she's... And she's has like a hundred percent voting record with in regards to lgbt voting like uh you can say that she's still against it but she doesn't do that in her policy and that's where it matters right so um she's done plenty of interviews with glenn greenwald and i think she's got something different to offer sometimes i think i mean i really would go back and forth on her because sometimes she'd be one of the only ones talking about, you know, Yemen or regime change wars. Yeah, regime change wars or like, uh, you know, warning us about a new Cold War stuff like that. Um, that's I mean, it's important. 
and I think a lot of people focus too much on like aesthetic even among like leftists or like people that supported Bernie and if I'd love to talk I mean I don't want to talk more about 2020 but I, I we should do one more episode <laughs> rehash that with someone yeah um, yeah, I mean, she definitely had more to offer than fucking, like, Michael Bennett and shit like that. Like, there were... Or any of the establishment. Right. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, uh, Pete Corey Buttigieg. Booker, yeah. Pete Buttigieg. Like, she... Amy Klobuchar. I mean, like, par- part of, like, uh, I'm trying to push a lot of that shit out of my brain because it feels like it was uh, such a mental fuck like a fuck up in my, I don't know like in my head it just sucked like uh like I put so much time and energy w- watching debates and uh reading articles and then just for it to be like well actually we chose Joe Biden and I'm just yeah. like you know what I just want to forget this fucking part of my uh part of my life for a while um because it sucks uh it, yeah the only so, reason I thought of it was because of that uh, system update episode I sent you about like you know how how are we always at constant war and how does Congress do this was because you know she came up a lot because she's one of the only ones standing on the anti-war side in the Armed Services Committee her and Rokana and a few populist right people and yeah I mean I I I don't understand. I know it's military industrial complex, really powerful, and like a lot of things can't be done, but you have to at least try to try and like cut the budget. And like Barbara Lee's bill, I don't think most people probably didn't even hear about that. No, they don't want to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, she, she, <laughs> Bernie talking about 10%, she was talking about like 50%. That's great. Yeah, the Defense Department's budget in 2020 is like 721.5 billion dollars. So that is all. That is almost half. Well, now it's 740 for next year. Uh, okay. 740 for next year because they just vote. Well, it hasn't passed the Senate yet, but it's obviously going to pass the Senate. Yeah, if it passes the House, it's going to pass the Senate. So. Yeah, and that's the number one bipartisan including Elizabeth Warren. She votes for all those fucking budgets. And she voted for tougher sanctions on Iran. That's why if I had to rate the candidates, I would put Tulsi Gabbard ahead of Elizabeth Warren. But, I mean, it's, yeah. it doesn't really matter. It doesn't anyways. matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, uh, it doesn't fucking matter at None all. None of them were good. I mean, yeah. uh, we'll just end it with Bernie and Marianne were good, and the rest sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking, I guess, of 2020 again, uh, yeah, Trump's probably going to lose because of the coronavirus, um, but I don't think Joe Biden would change anything with, like, you know, the rich getting richer. Um, there's $600 billion for billionaires since the beginning of the pandemic, and then uh, unemployment benefits are running out uh, at the end of the month, so we got about half of the month left for them to uh to actually do something about that which it doesn't i mean i think they've got to right they've got to extend that or give some or some sort it of stimulus feel like it anything will happen though um i don't know it just doesn't feel like they give a shit so i don't 
I don't see it happening. I would be surprised if it did. Even though there's people, I think, yeah, like 32% of people didn't make rent in July. Yeah, you'd think, though. I mean, you'd think that we're headed for, you know, like depression-level economic indicators that they would have do something. But um, I feel like we have to fail a few more times before before that happens. Right. All right, speaking... I mean, even at... No, I was, I was going to say, like, even FDR, like, didn't go into his presidency, like, pushing for bold, like, transformative change. He tried, like, the same old, like, kind of lame establishment bullshit. Incremental until, changes. Uh, yeah, until, like, it, it was too overwhelming, and uh, the conditions were you know, set for him to do that. Will Biden um, actually respond in the same way, in the same way and like actually propose bold policy? I don't know, but you never know. It really depends. I, I mean, I'm kind of waiting for the housing market, a bunch of stuff to crash, but the stock market is just still like running, um, like Chase, Chase uh, reported like record, record gains for the last quarter all these corporations like amazon everyone are making like record profits um but also at the same time there's like 20 percent unemployment like 42 million out of jobs since the beginning of the pandemic and i mean i there was like 87 million out of health insurance i assume that's higher now um that was I think earlier this year when I that that number people are starting to go back to work though right so they jump back on but maybe they have to wait like three months that was before the pandemic okay I'm pretty sure um actually I'm not sure but I think I think so I think maybe I'm getting so it's either we're in a we're in a moment of like the most extreme sort of like Reaganomics ever right so here's here's my conspiracy the democrats are going to uh continue to not vote for um relief or their the relief that they are going to vote for is going to be um small and insignificant not to actually make any changes to make people's lives better they're not going to cancel uh rent or anything like that mostly as a uh, kind of a fuck you to Trump and to, uh, I mean, not that he would do it anyways, but to make make sure that he looks bad. You know what I mean? To make sure that the economy is as terrible as it can be going into November so that Joe Biden can win. Um, but that that being said, I'm, I'm not sure if, like, even if they were in um, – this position or i mean we're probably going to be in this position when he uh biden comes in in january then not that they're going to actually do much about it or they're not going to change in december when there's kind of like the lame duck and they want to kind of like i i don't know whenever whenever it's comes out that joe biden has actually won i don't know if they're actually going to do anything uh better but part of part of my thinking is that they are deliberately making the economy shit just so people will vote for Biden instead of Trump. How are they doing that though? 
I mean, like, just by, just by, like, that's, that's the thing, like, um, it's by, like, it's by, like, not giving people things that they need. Um, Oh, I hope so. (laughs) I hope you're right. Um, Like, that, that they would, that they would change once Biden got into office. Um, Right. I mean, because even Kamala Harris jumped on Bernie's UBI proposal, his 2K a month UBI proposal, I mean, I, 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 I don't think, but also that's Kamala Harris and she was on Medicare for all. And I don't think that if it had a chance of passing, passing. would she have jumped on because that's classic. That's classic, classic Kamala. Yeah. Classic cop Mala uh, behavior. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, and it's classic behavior of a lot of establishment Democrats. Kristen Gillibrand was on Medicare for all in the beginning, didn't support it when she ran for president. Uh, a lot of the people, Cory Booker, pretty much everyone like that ran, um, well, they all co-signers of Medicare for all at one point, but then they're like, Oh yeah, I got a different idea of what that is. And it's just like, no, you don't. You don't even want. You don't even have Universal in your plan anymore. Well, I'm gonna have Medicare for all, who want it. You know, <laughs> they just yeah. come up with these different, yeah, all this different bullshit. You know. All right. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but that's kind of what I'm. I I I, I <laughs> probably probably. But like, it would be. I guess it would be nice if they would do more, regardless of who's in the uh, White House. But like, I mean, they're they're playing a political game with people's lives, um, and so that's just fucking terribly depressing. Yeah, and- it is terribly depressing, and it, it does work against them because even if the Republicans do the same thing. They're way better at pointing that out. Right. They're way they're way better at pointing things out that like, oh, you're making this a political issue or whatever. Even though the Republicans do that all the fucking time, but the Democrats are such cowards and don't want to like upset their colleagues that they usually just let it fly. Whereas Republicans are actually, you know, politically in have political instincts. Right. I mean like I, I and they know s- how to they know how to push you know cancel culture or something like that which is basically like a distraction because that shit goes on all the time and it's always been weaponized against the left like in much much more extreme ways right um, it's like i mean it's like with cancel culture you know like anyone who's ever criticized uh criticized israel has been canceled right like that's that's exactly and those same people are the ones pushing that that you know that harper's letter like barry weiss there was good people that signed it too i mean and the contents of the letter was you know fine it was like i agreed with it but there's so many hypocrites on that letter like noam chomsky was on it which was good but then there was like steven pinker who's a pervert related to like connected to epstein uh barry weiss absolute joke yeah other new york times like uh david david from was on it too right david from yeah like just yeah um i don't know like jk rowling being on it is kind of oh yeah jk rowling jk rowling (laughs) margaret atwood which you know whatever um but like jk rowling it's like she just keeps doubling down and she still has a platform to speak so she's 
She fucking, she's yeah, like around. everybody hates her now, and she's still going. It's not can That's not being canceled. I mean, how many Marxists do you see like on mainstream media? Could you imagine if someone was openly, um, you know, talking about how they're a communist on mainstream media or in a mainstream news source? How fucking ridiculously, how criticized they would get on a regular basis. How many how times they would they get, get called of, back? Yeah, yeah, like, they would. Like, they would get run out of town. So fuck off. Like, I'm sorry if you know. Sometimes the mob comes for you, and you just because you said something really dumb. Um, this has always happened, and it's it's always been weaponized against communists and the left and people that talk about you know Palestinians should not get should have you know water or something yeah they should be able to like leave their open-air prison without you know million checkpoints with like you know fully armed you know soldiers soldiers pointing shit at them yeah they should be able to you know stay in their own their homes and not get forcefully removed and have their houses destroyed so that they can put up settlements or that their soldiers shouldn't just shoot children yeah um, seems, yeah, it's terrible, but... For being too close to the wall that keeps them in, you know? Yeah, be like, you want to talk about nuance. <laughs> Those same people will just mention Hamas or something like that, and then that justifies everything done to all Palestinians, because, you know, you mentioned Hamas, and they will, you know, sometimes fire back and not mention the constant, constant bombardment by the Israeli military. Yeah. Or, you know, they're throwing rocks at soldiers. Yeah, so... But that's... that's, Yeah, I mean... (laughs) That's a death sentence right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone should subscribe to Means TV and watch Gaza Fights for Freedom. Yeah. Cool. Or or just rent it. Yeah. Can you... Where can you rent it? (laughs) Um... You can just search it, and then... And then just... It, yeah, Gaza Fights for Freedom, Abby Martin, and I'm pretty sure you can rent it or buy it for, like, five ninety nine. If you don't want the Means TV sp- prescription, you could just do that subscription. But subscription's 10, 10 bucks a month, and there's some really cool things. Yeah, I, this means more than news, and I do think it's going to turn into a much bigger thing. Uh, they did kind of launch early... Right, earlier than they were going to because they weren't getting enough money like beforehand, so the kind of early invest early subscribers are, you know, helping it out a lot. Yeah, helping them move along. And Street Fight's gonna have like their own channel on there, so that'll be cool. I'm tight. I'm excited for. I know they've been working on that for a long time. Uh, oh. At least that's what they've been saying on the show. Oh, mom and dad were supposed to I think that they sent me uh, a package the other day um, I, I wonder did I send the shirt the means TV shirt to you or to mom and dad because I hope that they oh, put that in there yeah I think it's at mom and dad's I'm not sure if they put it in there though oh, that would suck if they didn't alright whatever uh, I I just I honestly I took the uh, I took the bumper sticker okay do you have it on your it, car yeah, I, I just put it on there today, so I know they didn't put that in there. How many? How many? Uh, how many bumper stickers do you have on the back of your car? 
None. I just that one. I took the Bernie one off. Oh yeah. I just. I mean, it's over. I didn't want to think about it, so I took it off. Yeah. Made me sad. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, you should ju- you should just go full like kind of like bumper sticker dude, where you have all of like these like kind of crazy conspiracy theory bumper stickers. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I legitimately am like afraid to get like pulled over and like some cop because I know like almost every cop's like right wing, so right. I don't want to get you know in trouble because. I have left-wing views, which is, you know, that's cancel culture right there. The fact that we have to worry about that. Yep. Or the fact that the FBI is coming up with a task force to, you know, monitor George Floyd protests. Yeah. Targeting the left and talking about this. There's like this, there was like, uh, it was on Means Morning News last week. And they were talking about, like, how how to identify, you know, like, an extremist or whatever. And the example they gave was basically, like, someone that, like, it was, like, a vegan. It was, like, an animal rights um, person that was just basically, like, talking about (laughs) what goes on in, like, factory farms or something like that. And they're like, yeah, that's, you identify, that's a danger (laughs) for, like, giving a shit about animals. Yeah, I mean, it's bullshit. It's always existed, and it's. I I do see how, like Chomsky says, it could be weaponized against you know the people that do it. But it's it's always been going on. Cointel Pro is a thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, let's. Let's uh, make that a good w- place to segue to our conversation with Jim Guys. He's going to be joining us in a minute. Um, let's cancel bosses um, for real. That's the kind of cancel culture I want to see, canceling bosses and uh, shitty bosses that will um, do a lot of shitty things. And so um, there's, a, there's a bunch of people who are uh, trying to make sure that their bosses uh, give them certain things so let's talk to jim um he should be coming on soon i just sent him i sent him the link um was there anything else you want to talk about we can i can edit that oh i just wanted to mention that um there was a bunch of like anti-big government groups that got bailout money from the covid stimulus including the ayn rand institute oh yeah that's funny um so yeah, just more true hypocrisy. True libertarian. Yeah, more, more hypocrisy from the capitalists, the you know the principled capitalists that don't exist, um, because they have no principles. They're yo. But are you going to turn down that free million dollars, bro? Yeah, the the free million dollars they lobbied for, um, applied for. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could. They could easily, since it's such a incoherent ideology, they could easily uh, come up with a justification for it. Yo, people can and, justify and anything, they, and they can sound much calmer than I am when I talk to them. So they'll think that they're right. I hate that. Like if you're, oh, I'm just trying to be, you know, 
you know, I'm just trying to be, you know, calm with you and like, I don't know. You're just getting all emotional. Yeah. Cause if I get emotional, that means I'm wrong. And the, you know, the calm and you know, the is the rational one. And it's like, no, you're just, you fucking pissed me off so much because you're so wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm angry because you did something that would made me fucking angry. Fuck. Yeah. Like some things that happen and are the truth cause anger, cause emotional reactions. And I'm sorry if I can't control it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, tell you to guillotine yourself or something. (laughs) It's not my fault. Yeah. I mean, fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's that's what sucks is like anytime any of those um stimulus checks and stuff like that any mild bailout for people is going to mean massive bailouts for huge corporations because they're just going to tack shit on and be like oh well part of this act we're going to give fucking bunch of money to kanye west and the Ayn Rand foundation yeah i mean i don't understand how individuals like Kanye or I mean I guess not he's got businesses but it's it's insane the people when you start breaking it down all the people that got um, bailout money like billionaires and millionaires because there's most of them I mean that's another reason why they got over half a trillion since the pandemic began yeah for sure all right cool well I'm gonna I'm going to grab some water really quickly before Jim Jim comes in. So All right, cool. Cool. I'll be I'll be right back.